for coming down. And for those of you who have joined us online from various places, this is an opportunity, one of the points at which uh, we can meet during the week and reset our goals. This morning, when I was walking in my neighborhood, I left my house on Channing Road and headed up towards Washington Park in Burlingame. And all the way there, I noticed how there's a natural tendency for everyone to set some goal. For instance, as I was about a block from the park along the sidewalk in a cul-de-sac, it ends at the park. The houses there don't have to contend with much traffic, so a lot of kids play on that block. And one of the games they play is with colored chalk. They draw images on the ground. Do they do that in your neighborhood too? It's become quite popular. And they're quite creative. Today I, I saw a long series of directions to follow as I walked up the sidewalk. One of them said, from here, skip. And then it came to uh, the next point, it said, from here, hop. <laughs> and then he said, now walk, take a rest and walk naturally. <laughs> and as it went through about f five stages, it came finally to a hopscotch that you had to go through. I didn't do all of them, I have to admit. <laughs> I may go back tomorrow if it's still there. And then I went a little further and I got into the park and I saw that uh, people were playing basketball. And I was thinking if I was from another planet and I just landed and I saw how intent people were th throwing a ball again and again to try to get it through a hoop, I would think this is a very serious matter here on this planet. <laughs> and also there were others on the, on the other side of the court, guarding a person to make sure that they didn't get in and uh, put the round ball through the hoop. And then I got a little further, and there was a bocce ball court. Anybody know what that is? Really? Pretty good. And it's always interesting to me to observe a sporting activity that I know nothing about because it completely objectifies the sport. For instance, when I was in Australia years ago, for the first time, a friend of mine picked me up at the airport and said, we're stopping at a cricket match on the way home. I'd never been to one before, and I'm afraid to admit this in front of many of you that I know nothing about cricket, except that you can hit something like a home run and there's a bat involved. And I sat there in abject boredom because I didn't know what the rules were or what the, what the objective of the game was and also because I'd never played it before. I couldn't relate to it. I didn't know any of the heroes. I didn't have a jersey to wear that had the name of a particular player on it or anything like that. And at every segment of my walk, of course I am near a high school and a park, 
I saw some way in which people were aiming for something, and they had made up a lot of different arenas in which to do that. I mean, who makes up the rules that become so serious that people will, after observing a game, and there's some dispute about whether somebody touched the base first, did the ball get there fast enough, or did they actually step on the line? People become heated and so forth. We're concerned as humans with a goal and how to step through various hoops and attain something. And if we don't have something tangible, we'll make something up. In fact, we'll make a bunch of things up to do all day long to keep ourselves preoccupied because that's our natural inclination. So as I was driving here today, I was thinking, oh, what do we do when we're here? And what do we do after we leave? And someone had asked me yesterday, after uh, coming here, uh, what do I do now? What are my next steps? And so we need next steps in order to be satisfied. And if we don't have a clear idea of what the ultimate goal, I don't know what it is about ultimate goals, but when I write in Word, the spell check always says, don't say ultimate goal, just say goal. And it's like, no, I want to say ultimate goal at some point. It always checks it and says, you know, do you mean ultimate goal? Can you put the two things together? But this is one of the uh, teachings of the wisdom literatures like Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. Yes, there are many goals, but there's one ultimate goal. And not knowing that puts us at a major disadvantage. We'll go for all the small goals in life. And we can get absorbed in very tiny subject matter in the way of physics. I can look into particles and go deeper within them. And I can think in a macro sense about the universe and so forth. But unless there's a clear idea of what the purpose of life is, which gives me a context for an ultimate goal, why am I here and where am I going, then my great endeavor to reach many goals is for naught, N-A-U-G-H-T, naught. I just thought that on the way here, so I figured I'd bring it up. Do you have any reflections on that before I go to the next part? Yes? Ashraya Madhava. Prabhu, we have a plethora of microphones. How many is a plethora? It's a multitude? Better find out. Let's see if Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Yeah. Um, today I was uh, trying to fill my sadhana card. And uh, I saw the that... Sadhana card, just for anybody who's listening, is a grid upon which someone who is practicing bhakti yoga would record how many of the bhakti practices he or she is doing in a given day. For instance, there's chanting, 
which is one of the practices of, sorry, don't mind, with the chanting, which is one of the practices of bhakti, we repeat a mantra, and the mantra is comprised of sacred names of our original conscious source, Krishna. And when we do that, as an example, we count how many times we chant the mantra on beads that look like this, exactly like this. And also, there's another set of beads on the side. These are called counter beads. And every time we chant a mantra, we pull down a chant one round. We go all the way around the string of beads and chant mantras, we pull one down. So there's a counting process that goes on. There are other practices in bhakti, but when Ashraya Madhava, Prabhu was mentioning filling out or filling in a sadhana card, he's talking about is recording how many bhakti activities he's doing in a day. Sadhana means bhakti practice. Yeah. All right, please thank, go ahead. Th thank you, Prabhu, for giving the context to everyone. <laughs> so there is one uh, field there called goals, and I was thinking goal or goals. And kind of pointing to, you know, what you are trying to give the context. And I was thinking in terms of there could be many, like there could be a goal like I want to chant, you know, all the 16 rounds completely absorbed in the mantra, but not thinking about anything else at all. Could be a very lofty goal, basically. So, but there could be a goal, sub-goal, like, I should be able to do it at least the first, you know, first 16 times of one round without any thought. That could be a sub-goal. So I was thinking in, in, the, in the context you gave, like, you know, sub-goal versus the ultimate goal. I was thinking like that. Thank you for uh, mentioning that. Yes, when we have an ultimate goal and then we have various practices to proceed towards the goal, then we can break them out down and into a variety of different categories. Somebody else had their hand up. Okay, now I want to show you the goals of the organization we're in. This is called ISKCON. ISKCON means the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. So, the founder of this organization is Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. And here you see his image sitting on this uh, very ornate seat called a Vyasasana. So one of the names of Krishna or God is Vyas. He's an, a literary incarnation who makes available the knowledge in writing and passes it down. And anyone who represents Vyas is given a seat of honor uh, called the Vyasasana. Asana means a seat. And someone who uh, spreads that knowledge and makes it available to many people is considered to be a great teacher or an acharya. So one such great teacher or acharya is uh, we call Prabhupada. He's the founder of ISKCON. And here are the seven purposes of ISKCON, since we're talking about uh, the uh, purposes and goals in life and the overarching goals of this organization are as follows. One, to systematically propagate spiritual knowledge to society at large. 
and to educate all people in the techniques of spiritual life in order to check the imbalance of values in life and to achieve real unity and peace in the world. Ten means love, one means hate. What do you give it? Ten? Eleven? Okay. It's a, f a fairly um, enticing statement, isn't it? In fact, I used to carry this on a little printed card, and when I'd meet people who asked me, well, what do you do? I'd hand them this card and say, I'm following this edict to systematically propagate spiritual knowledge to society at large and to educate all people in techniques of spiritual life in order to check the imbalance of values in life and to achieve real unity and peace in the world. Two, to propagate a consciousness of Krishna as he is revealed in the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. So when my um, when the, the founder of this organization was incorporating the society, someone recommended, why don't you call it the International Society for God Consciousness? He said that would be more universal sounding. And Prabhupada's reply was that actually we're doing something specific. But you don't lose universality when you go into specifics either. Because when you look at the definition of Krishna, you'll find that he is the origin or the source from which everything else emanates. And he contains uh, within him all the features of God. And when one has that much of a specific understanding of the source of everything, then one has a goal for the mind and for one's meditational practice. And therefore, we're propagating a consciousness of Krishna. The name Krishna means all-attractive. And we're always attracted to something. But if we are able to put our attention on the source of all the attractive features that we're looking for, then we have a perfect goal. Three, to bring the members of the society together with each other and nearer to Krishna. Do you feel like we're doing that now, to some degree? And thus, to develop the idea, excuse me, and thus to develop the idea within the members and humanity at large that each soul is part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, one of the practices and the goals of the organization itself is to bring people together. And that's why we have this building. We needed a central point. We did an experiment over the last uh, year and a half, didn't we all? Maybe it's more than a year and a half now, I don't know. We've tried, <laughs> we tried it out. And there's a difference between being at home and practicing by yourself is there not? And getting together in one place. It actually helps. And oftentimes, uh, and there are many places in ISKCON in which uh, there's facility for people to come and live under the same roof and practice together starting early in the morning. And this is the meaning of this 
objective or purpose of ISKCON is to bring people together so that they can be nearer to Krishna. I lived inside temples for many years and when I go back and stay at various ISKCON centers, for instance in Toronto, they very um, graciously allow me to stay there in the temple and they put me on the third floor in a room that's a kind of, a, I'm next to a, a Prabhupada museum. And uh, I can also hear the bells ringing in the temple and at intervals there's a conch that blows. It's part of the service. And I always feel grounded because I'm in the spiritual environment and you can hear the artiques going on and therefore I'm nearer to Krishna. And I can also smell the incense and then whenever Krishna eats, afterwards, everyone else eats. So we're pretty much close to Krishna in that environment, and it's very nice. And so bringing members of the society together with each other and nearer to Krishna, and thus they're able to develop the idea within the members and humanity at large that each soul is part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So this is a very technical language, but... What it means actually is that although we have our own individual consciousness, we're part of the original consciousness. And we have our individual identity in relationship with the complete whole or the source of our consciousness. Number four, to teach and encourage the Sankirtan movement, congregational chanting of the holy name of God, and to reveal the teachings of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is an important one because we often look for formulas in life. In fact, I heard the other day and I resonated with this statement that a picture is worth a thousand words, but a formula is worth a thousand pictures. And therefore, people like Coca-Cola because Apparently, there's a secret formula, and they don't know what it is, but they're intrigued by it, and it's probably not because they think it tastes good, because I, I doubt that it does. So the, there's a formula for success uh, in human life, and especially for this particular time period, which is mentioned in the wisdom literatures, which is very nice to know, and the formula is that if you perform a kind of spiritual practice called Sankirtan, then you'll get all the benefits of all the various spiritual practices that are mentioned throughout all of the wisdom literatures. There are thousands, tens of thousands of suggestions about what to do and what not to do. And if you practice this one formula, which is to gather together with your family in your house or bring your relatives or your neighbors and or in a place like this. And we may just try it out in a minute if you're up for it, the chanting, yeah? And you chant together with a call and response, then you're performing what's uh, called the formula which is meant for this age and uh, it's called the Yuga Dharma. And that means you can get all the results that you're looking for in, the, in spiritual practice from this one activity. 
So we do this here. In fact, one of the first things we checked when we got this building was the acoustics. They're not so bad. There are some places where it's difficult to abide by the echoes, and, to, and we try to adjust that because we do a lot of singing and chanting. We also take it outside. For instance, on a regular basis, we go down to Lytton Plaza, Lytton Square. <laughs> That's uh, in Palo Alto on University Avenue. And there we hold a festival where we sing and chant, uh, just as it's mentioned here, as one of the purposes of the organization. And lots of people who had intended to go elsewhere are waylaid by the joyful sounds of the kirtan, and they stop, and they'll dance, and sometimes they stay, and sometimes they never leave. Our Vrinda Sevika was walking down the street in Palo Alto, heard the kirtan, then came here and never left. So the next is five to erect for the members and the society at large a holy place of transcendental pastimes dedicated to the personality of Godhead. So th this has been done in many places. For instance, in Vrindavan, India, which is the place where Krishna appeared, there's a, a marvelous temple that, it, that was built and opened in 1975. I was there for the opening. And it was meant so that all of us living here in Silicon Valley could at intervals go there. And there's a guest house and there is a, a town that you, you can walk around and see all the places where Krishna performed his leela or pastimes. And so that's one of the purposes of the organization. And now there are many, many places that you can go to where uh, temples have been erected so that you can stay there and you can be in the practice for a little while. Next is number six. To bring the members closer together for the purpose of teaching a simple and more natural way of life. And number seven, with a view towards achieving the aforementioned purposes to publish and distribute periodicals, magazines, books, and other writings. I repeat, with a view towards achieving the aforementioned purposes to publish and distribute periodicals, magazines, books, and other writings. Make sure anyone who's coming in is properly situated and has a seat, please, somebody who's on this. Thank you. To that end, here at Iskand Silicon Valley, when we re-created uh, the environment inside here a few years ago, we took everything out except for this floor, which is very nice, and put in a new kitchen. And one of the, the second largest room in the building is in the middle of the structure, and it's a, oh, it's a uh, book room. We store thousands and thousands of books there, but they don't stay long because we take them out to distribute to others. And why do we do that? It's one of the main purposes of our organization. So I thought I'd just orient us all to the reason that we're here and the reason to this society, the purpose for which it exists. And 
before we experiment with the formula, the spiritual formula that was mentioned here as one of the purposes, I thought I'd just take any reflections about the seven purposes or any questions that you might have. Yes, Majula Ganta. Gurmaj, I noticed that in this, um, in this list of um, purposes, um, Shaprabhupada specifically avoids um, naming places like temples, preaching centers. He doesn't call it by a name, he calls it by a purpose. Was that purposefully done to give us more uh, flexibility? Or Yes. It's very, it's very purposely worded. The more I read it, the more I see how uh, Prabhupada was so... Um, his his uh, vision for the organization and the way he articulated it was very purposeful and, and absolutely brilliant. It, it's, it's very helpful and it also gives enough of a scope so that people from any culture can appreciate it. Anything else that you noticed about the seven purposes? One more thing I did yes. notice was the books. When I read through the seven purposes, I notice that they, they cover all the books that you ask us to read. The Srimad Bhagavatam, the Bhagavad Gita, the Nectar of Instruction, um, uh, and, and uh, you know, it covers Shitan Sharitamrita. All our top books are covered in, in all the All covered? Sessions. Nice. It's a good way to see it. Yes. Well, I'm not too sure if you already mentioned, uh, but the seventh purpose uh, covers everything else. So doing, doing book distribution, you're literally covering all, all the parts of all the other six. Yeah, I don't know if, I think the, the verb he uses is achieving. So in order, in order, with a view towards achieving the aforementioned purposes to publish and distribute periodicals, magazines, books, and other writings, gives us a... a a real wide berth, a very wide berth of uh, purpose towards doing that activity of, of printing and distributing books because it brings in all the aforementioned purposes. So yeah, it's really important.